0: Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know
1: about your favorite and most recent games, art, rules, gameplays,
0: and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez.
2: Hi, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek, and today we're very happy to be here in another night because it's the last episode of 2018 and we will have our top five of 2018 and also the 2018 game of the year award of solo bg podcast so it's going to be a great show and i'm with my friends jonathan and caleb how are you guys i'm good how was your christmas it was wonderful it was amazing a lot of gifts a lot of gaming it was just great and actually my best gift of this christmas was a back surgery so if batman could handle it i I think i will be able to what about Jonathan? how are you merry christmas
0: Merry Christmas. Doing well.
2: Doing well. What do you got for Christmas? Which games do you got?:
0: I got a lot of Escape Room games. Um, I've okay. pretty much ex- exhausted all the options, so I got a couple new unlocks and exit games. Um, and then I also got um, Clank in Space. And um, I got the new DC Deck Builder Rivals. Um, I don't know if you call it an expansion, but a new version. So instead of Batman and the Joker, now you have Green Lantern versus Sinestro.
2: Oh, that's great. Actually, the clan game, uh, you know, we have played the base game, uh, not the one that is in the space, but what is great about those games uh, that are published by Renegade Games is that they have the app and you're able to play it solo. Uh, actually, pretty game from Renegade Games, you're able to play it solo through the app, though that's a great addition, I, I think. What about you, my friend Kelly? What did you get for this Christmas uh, regarding
1: game-wise? I got two big box games. One is Nemo's War, which is a solo game. It has a um, cooperative variant, but uh, I'm not as interested in that. I I'm got it primarily for the solo. Uh, so it made my Christmas list this year. And okay. uh, I watched a lot of videos on it, and I think it's going to be a, a good one. And it seems like uh, it's very intuitive. You get to make a lot of decisions, sort of go on uh, an adventure. And then I also got Caverna, which is um, a worker placement game. It's sort of a uh, I don't know, a sandbox-type worker placement game where you have a lot of options uh, out of the gate. And I really like the theme. You're basically uh, a family of dwarves, and you start with two workers, which represent uh, the mom and the dad. And then as you go through, you get to clear out the forest next to your cave. You uh, excavate your cave to make more room. Once you have more room, you can uh, have babies. So now you have more workers, but uh, there you keep <laughs> those workers. And uh, it, so it has like a farming um, you know, aspect to it, but also has an adventuring... Um, component. so I think I'm really gonna like it it's sort of the spiritual successor to uh, Agricola which is one of my favorite games so uh uh-huh. yeah caverna yeah we're looking forward to try it too
2: so now guys let's jump into the the today's show tonight's show I'm sorry which will be our top solo uh, I'm sorry top five games of 2018 and also we will have the the winner of the top five you know the champion of the year so welcome to solo BG and let's start with the count list
1: five four three. Two, one, five. So before we start the countdown, uh, I guess we should explain a little bit about how we came up with this list. Uh, Listening to a lot of top year-end lists uh, across the different YouTubers on uh, board game channels, they all do it a little bit differently. The way we decided to do it was that these are the top five uh, games that have either a solo or a cooperative component to them. So straight competitive games are off of this list uh, from the start. And then from those solo and cooperative games, we're going to rank them um, according you know, to our own interests and which games we like the most. And then the other component to this list is that these are games that we were introduced to in 2018. So it's possible, for example, that you'll have a game that may, maybe came out a few years ago. But since it's new to us, uh, we're going to go ahead and count it for this year's list. So. With the rules being said, uh, Jonathan, do you want to start off with your number five?
0: Uh, sure. Um, and actually, my number five is higher up on somebody else's list, so I'll wait to talk about that till a little bit later. Okay, Derek, what
2: about your number five? Well, actually, I'm going to just imitate what Jonathan says. My number five is is, is going to come down on the list, too, so I will I will wait for my number five to mention it. Once it comes on the list, but it's a great game actually.
1: And surprise, surprise, my number five is also higher on someone else's list. So, so what the hell are we doing? Are we doing a count list? Or? <laughs> this <okay>. is the <laughs> quickest uh, number so far. So, let's go to number four. Four.
0: Um, so, my number four was um, Role Player. And um, we talked about it a little bit on a previous podcast, but um, it's a dice rolling game and you draft the dice based on. Uh, basically, you're making a character as if you're playing D&D. You just don't get to the part where you actually play D&D. So you are trying to fill up the character stats with the dice that you roll, and you get certain abilities, and you can manipulate the dice based on where you put them. Um, and each character has their own special abilities based on the um, race and class of the of the character. And then there are certain cards that you can pick with the dice to um, have different effects throughout the game. But basically, it's kind of a, a puzzly dice-drafting game. Um, where each person is trying to get their stats within the range of what you would want for the ideal um warrior or ranger or rogue or whatever you're trying to make so i I really like it um it's you know kind of a puzzly fun game there is some interaction with other people, but um you know for the most part you're just kind of focusing on your own dice, so it's almost like a, a solo game that you're playing somewhat competitively um it's a lot of fun
1: yeah, this was actually my number five um I bought this a few months ago, and I played it uh, probably four or five times uh, you know, with the group, and I also, I think, played it three times solo. And I really like these draft, uh, dice drafting and dice placement games. Last week, I know we talked about One Deck Dungeon, uh, which is another one I like, but I, I definitely like role player more because there are many more ways of uh, mitigating your dice results. So, uh, as Jonathan said, it's a very puzzly game, and there's so many different options, uh, even if you get bad rolls, of how you can turn those bad rolls into something good. Uh, and you're trying to match so many things. You're trying to match the numbers on the die. Uh, you're trying to, uh, arrange the colors in the right order. And there's just so many different, um, uh, little mini games that you're playing at the same time that I really like the way it all comes together. Uh, and the solo game, I don't think Jonathan you've had a chance to try that, but it actually plays very similarly to the competitive game. Um, you basically play against an AI and, um, you know, you'll be doing some drafting and, Uh, The AI does its drafting, and it's really a really good experience. So, uh, Derek, you're going to have to try this one out. I think you're really going to like it.
2: Yeah, I think I'm missing that one, but probably I will save it and play it in 2019, and that way I can put it next year on the list. Now, for me, going to choose uh, these top five games, it was very hard, because uh, for me in particular, 2018 was a great year of expanding my uh, game library. So there's a lot of great games over there. But my number uh, four, actually... It's going to be Mansions of Madness. It's published by Fantasy Flight and designed by Nikki Valens. I think Mansions of Madness deserves the number four on my list because I had a great experience every time that I play it, either solo or cooperative. I really enjoy it with our game group. I really enjoy it with my wife. I really enjoy it with another game group. I really it solo a few times. And I think it's a game that, you know, it's, it's a lot of controversy in this game because it's uh, uh, based on the app and the app is guiding you during the game and it's like your uh, DM. Uh, but... I think it's a great game, it's, have a great narrative, have a great, great story, have a great twist during the game, and I, it just feels amazing. So I think Manchester Madness, it's a very good game, and that's why I put it as my number four.
1: Yeah, we talked about this before, but I think it's maybe one of the most engaging uh, games I've ever played from a theme perspective. I mean, you really do feel like you are that character, uh, and you really do feel like you're li- in a living world with a living story, and... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a long game to get to the table. Yeah, yeah. I like it too.
2: Yeah, it's a great game, I think. But yeah, I think we had good numbers uh, right now so far. Good, good games, right on the list.
1: Yes. So my number four is one that I don't think either of you have played before. Uh, my wife and I at Gen Con this year sat down at sort of a random game just because we were looking to sit down and wanted to demo something, and uh, that was basically the only reason we sat down. That happened to be two empty chairs, and we played a game uh, called Agricola. Agricola. All Creatures Big and Small, which uh, I had heard of the game Agricola before, but i had never played it. I didn't know much about it. Uh, it's an Uwe Rosenberg design. And basically, we played the two-player variant, which is the All Creatures Big and Small pack. Uh, we ended up purchasing it at Gen Con, uh, and we played it a few times. We really uh, enjoy it. Um, but that led me to look into the Agricola universe uh, at large. So uh, I didn't purchase this game. This is the only game on my list that I've only played uh, via iOS uh, on my iPhone and iPad. But I have played this game a lot, probably more than um, actually definitely more than any other game on my list. And a lot of that's because I can play it on my uh, uh, mobile devices. But it's uh, similar to the Caverna game I was describing earlier for my Christmas gift. Um, It's a worker placement game. Uh, you have a family of workers, and uh, throughout the game, you'll gain more workers, which are your babies. Uh, and one of the the things that some people don't like about the game, but I actually think makes it for a tight playing experience, is that you have to feed your people. So the more workers you have, the more uh, food you need to get. And you get food by um, basically building like a fireplace, and you know, getting animals and then cooking those animals <laughs> as you need to throughout the game. Um, building a farm so you'll have uh, plants. Uh, and and your livestock, you have to to build the fences for the livestock, and basically, uh, you're just trying to get the highest score at the end, but uh, I really like the way it all comes together, Uh, and at the end of the game, you look at your little farm, and you really feel like you've built something. So that's my number four, Agricola. Okay, a great game for a farmer. So let's jump to number three. Three.
0: So my number three was Scythe, um, and I won't say too much about it. I know we had a whole episode dedicated to this game, Um, but as you could probably tell from listening to that episode, um, it's very enjoyable game. It's one where, um, you know, I feel like we always look forward to getting that to the table and every game has been different. Um, I think it's been one that I've enjoyed learning the nuances of, um, you know, how to best, um, use the worker placement with both the workers and the mechs and, um, your leader character as you're moving across the board to kind of optimize, you know, how you upgrade your board and, um, how you rotate the movements and actions you get to do since you have to, um, you know, you can't repeat the same action every turn as as you go through. Um, I think it's been um, one where we can um, almost do something different every game and we still all come very close to winning. So I've enjoyed that aspect of, um, you know, one of us can be more of a resource management and spend more time, you know, building up and getting points that way. I know usually when we play, Derek likes to, build up this military and get points that way. So it, it's been fun to see um, our different play styles come out in that game and how we can you know, kind of grow every, after each game that we play of Scythe.
2: So Scythe actually was my number five on the list. But now that we mentioned it, we're going to talk about Scythe. Scythe, I really like it. It's a great game. I mentioned before the art. It's great. Uh, the box is great. Everything is beautiful about this game. Scythe, designed by Jamie St. Myers and published by Stonemaier Games. And one of the things that I really like from side it's actually their solo mode, the automata or automa mode that they have. And I like how uh, it's very intense and very uh, immersive how you need to be uh, putting attention during the whole game on how to move your opponents when you're playing solo. Again, how, how do you move your opponent uh, characters and pieces because they have the uh, teletransportation uh, movement uh, mechanic. And it's great. I think it's great. It's very... I like that the game, it's... At certain level, complex, and that really got me into it. I once again, like I mentioned, I like the art. I like the purpose of the game. I like the theme of the game, like those, uh, you know, European, uh, but from nineteen uh, nineteen ninety. I'm sorry, nineteen thirties, but also with Max and all that stuff. So I really like the whole idea about Side. So once again, Side was originally my number five. Like Jonathan mentioned before, we dedicate a whole episode about Side. It was a long episode because it deserves it. It's a great game. It was my number five, but now that we're talking about number threes and, and it came on the list, I think it was worth to mention it. And um, actually, your number three, uh, Caleb, I think you are. we are in the same channel, right? Uh, my number
1: three is actually uh, Scythe. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we all have okay. similar uh, likes uh, and dislikes, I think, in board gaming. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just talk about Scythe really quickly. I won't add much to what you guys said. Uh, I, one comment is that I think if you're going to go into size, I think it's definitely worth getting that Rise of Finriffs expansion. I think it really adds a lot to the experience. So that was something that we purchased this year, and uh, I don't regret it at all. I think it's a, a great addition to the game.
2: Okay, so now, in, in this number as well, I will mention my real number three. So my real number three for this list is one of the games that I play on Gen Con. I remember I demoed on Gen Con and I really love it. I like it. And I pre-ordered it right away, and I was looking forward to have it. And now I have it. I play it a few times with you guys. I play it a few times in solo mode as well with my wife, and I enjoy it in every single way. I wish she has more expansions, which I'm pretty sure it, they will come with more expansions next year. So I'm talking about Batman, the animated series Gotham Under Siege, which is published by IDW Games, and is designed by Richard Lanus and Michael Gugliano. It plays one to five players. And I just love it. You're running through acts, through the animated series episodes of Batman, and you're playing uh, against the, you know, the most famous uh, villains: the Joker, the Riddle, uh, the Penguin, and all of them are trying to destroy Gotham. And you're Batman. You can be Batman. You can be Robin. You can be uh, Batgirl. You can be Catwoman. You can be Gordon, and you can try to save Gotham and trying to avoid that the thugs and ninjas and all the bad guys try to destroy Gotham. So I, I think also it's a game that you guys enjoyed, and I think it's also on on your leads on your list guys so my number three is batman the animated series got them on their siege
0: yeah this was actually my number five um okay. and you know i would agree with you know what you said there derek um i think this is was kind of one of the surprise games you know like we said we saw it at gen con and you know we really didn't know much about it and then you know you ended up pre-ordering it and it turned out to be a you know a great game I think it's one where the theme really comes through and, you know, you mentioned all the characters that you get to play with and each character, you know, feels like that character that you see in the show and um, you know, their abilities and everything they can do in the game fits with, you know, if they're Batman or Robin or even, you know, the police. Um, But, you know, it's been a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's uh, a quick game to get through in terms of, you know, what you can do. Um, And I think it's one where it's fun to replay even, you know, trying the different characters and, um, you know, just going back to the nostalgia of you know the early 90s, where you have that cartoon and you get to relive those big episodes that they focus on in the game. Um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun from that standpoint. So it definitely has the nostalgia going for it as well.
2: Yeah, actually, I mean, one of the things that I really I think it really helps this game is the theme. I mean, not only that it's Batman, it's the, from the animated series. Because if there's somebody out there that doesn't like the animated series of Batman. I'm sorry, but there's something wrong with you guys because the animated series is probably uh, one of the best thing about, you know, the whole Batman universe. Uh, and I think it helps. Actually, this was a very interesting game, too, because here in the group, you know, like in everywhere, we have some guys or some people that they like uh, better Marvel than DC and other ones like me that we prefer DC. And we compare this game to Thanos Rising when we were playing and talk about it. We will do a show about and special episode about Batman and Thanos Rising too. But for example, Caleb, which he is a, a really, uh, you know, in deep Marvel guy, he really enjoyed the this game better than Thanos. Am I right, uh, Caleb?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely Marvel over DC, but I will say that Batman is still my favorite overall character, and then Batman okay. the made series. Yeah, um, I like
2: I like when you fight with me. I love it. <laughs> right. yeah, this,
1: this game blows uh, Thanos rising out of the uh, out of the water in the same way that the Thanos movies blow the DCU movies. Oh my goodness! You're so wrong.
2: <laughs> you know what? Before we stop, before we get uh, more more intense here, because now we're touching like very sensitive uh, uh, inner nerves. Uh, we, let's jump to the next number if you agree. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Two.
0: So my number two um, was something that's just on my list, but it is Near and Far, Um, and it was a game um, that was a follow-up to Above and Below, uh, both of which I discovered this year and and heard of, but I decided to get Near and Far since it was the newer one and it seemed like a a theme that I would like, Um, but it is a game where um, you have a character the version that we're playing with the campaign, each character has a story and basically you can do some actions in a town to build up for adventuring. And when, when you adventure, um, you know, you can go on certain spaces that unlock more of your story. And so the game comes with a large book of different stories that, um, you go through, you get to make decisions, what your character is going to do. Are you going to be helpful? Or are you going to steal something from somebody to, um, you know, get more glory or, or um, loot for yourself, Um, But it's a fun game. Every every option gives you two things to shoot for um, and you have a dice roll to try to complete that. And it's kind of cool because you have ways to add to that dice roll either by the companions that you take with you or certain items that you can buy. Um, But each dice roll has a higher level that you can try to get to to unlock um, either an an extra gem or maybe some better reputation. Um, And so it's always fun to try to push your luck and Um, roll for for that higher number and you know sometimes you get some consequences uh, from that but um, I think it's a great game that has a lot of story around it that you know we've started a campaign and we've played through most of it but there's still so much to see um, a ton of characters to play with right now we've only got three and there's there's a lot more to go through but just seeing the story that's put into the the game um, the art itself is very beautiful Um, the world that um, has been created uh, by Ryan Lockett is great. Um, and just seeing the characters develop over time, you really can get into the story and, and feel like you're living that character's story as you go through a near and far. So um, it's a fun game that we play. Um, it does have a solo version, but we've been playing the campaign um, competitively. But it's kind of a light game that just really wants to get you into that story to see what happens and, and where it can go. Um, so that is near and far.
2: Yeah, I do agree with, too, with you. I'm sorry, near and far. Every time that we play, we had a great experience. Like I said, I haven't tried the solo mode. Uh, but it's it's just lovely the whole story campaign behind the characters or as you mentioned like you were gonna be developing during the story and also the world it's amazing it it gives me that uh, feeling of kind of a Zelda game you know like kind of an yeah. open open world like a Hy- Hyrule I guess that's how you would call it in English um, but um, it's it's a great game so far I think it's well very well deserved number two on your list now our number two my dear friend King of Magicians. We agree on this one, and we both think that it's a huge game. It's a big game, and it's tons of fun, very immersive, very deep. Uh, a lot of stuff that you need to organize for the setup and all the stuff. We actually joke about the setup of this game in another episodes, and we're talking about our number two, Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven is a great game. I put it on the number two because uh, every time that I play it with with mainly with you, Caleb, it's just amazing. I haven't tried the solo variant. But I'm pretty sure that it's the kind of game that even without trying the solo variant, you, you know that you, it will have a good feeling as the same as the cooperative since it's fully cooperative. I really enjoy the story, the big and huge story that is behind Bloomhaven. The whole open world of Bloomhaven, the, I guess, Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons a feeling that it gives you. Uh, the different characters are very well developed, very well designed. Uh, I like the mechanics of the of the items that you're getting through the game and once you once you use them well you can just recover them if you rest but you will lose some so it's very it attaches it attaches a lot to the reality I guess if we if you were in that fantasy world uh so it's a great game gloomhaven and also I know that it was a it's a huge thing for all all of the solo gamers outside and all of the all of the cooperative board gamers outside it's a great game a must have uh, the price hasn't decreased at all, which that sometimes, not very often, but sometimes it tells you that it's because the game is being a big success. I remember during the majority part of the year, this game was out of stock uh, so and everybody was looking for it. Some people, they were paying probably the price, three times the price of the game just to have it. Now it's in stock again. But it's one of those games that I think is compared to Match Night that it will be, even after five or six years, it will still be there. In the top three of every uh, solo board gamer or cooperative board gamer list, am I right, Mister King of Magicians Caleb Wells?
1: Yeah, for sure. I actually toyed around with making this my number one, um, but I ultimately decided to put it, you know, as my number two, which uh, is not a knock on this game. I think it's a fantastic game. You know, an individual round of it that you play through in, a, in an evening, I think, is uh, good on its own. But the fact that they have built this uh, living, breathing world that you get to interact with. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's really – I don't think there's any other game I've ever played that has that uh, you know, style to it. I know w- we started playing the com- campaign as a group, and I thought, you know, I want to play this solo as well, and I started doing research online and thinking, you know, I guess I'm going to have to have uh, a lot of extra paperwork to you know, keep track of, oh, we've encountered card 68 in the group game, so uh, now when we play it again, I need to make sure that card goes in this deck. Uh, in my solo game. I need to make sure it goes over here. And it turns out that the game is so smart, <laughs> the way it's designed, that you don't yeah. even have that. You, I mean, Gloomhaven is just a world. So if you make a new set of characters, and those characters go out and adventure, then they go out into the same world. Um, and you know they might encounter some of the same characters uh, that the other group encountered, or they might not. But it's all one living, breathing world. And uh, again, that just blew me away when I saw that. Um, the only reason I didn't put it as my number one is just because, uh, it is a little bit of a chore to get to the table. I invested in the broken token, uh, box that took me forever to put together <laughs> uh, and it was uh, expensive on its own. I've invested in lots of other, uh, little gadgets to upgrade this game, which shows you how much I like it. Uh, but still, you know, it's, it feels like a special event game that you get out when you really want to devote some time to it. Um, so that's the, really the only knock I have against this game. I think it's uh, fantastic and, uh, can't wait to play it again.
2: Yeah, I mean, actually, what I was mentioning that I haven't played solo. I would like to ask you. I know we will do an episode about Gloomhaven um, in the near future, but just to give us a little bit of spoiler, um, uh, in your in your in your opinion, which it works better as a solo, cooperative, or both? Because the game is great. I I, I just have the feeling that if I play solo, I will have the the same fun as if I play it uh, cooperative with the uh, with other players.
1: Yeah, I kind of like um I, I kind of like playing cooperative a little bit more because I think. Uh, If you play uh, three players, it gives you a lot of variety in the types of characters that you can have. Um, Uh And if you play solo, I think playing three characters would be a lot because this game is one of those games where uh, every card, so every every player has what, 9, 10, 11, 12 cards, something like that. And every card has uh, a top action and a bottom action. And then technically it also has like a standard top and bottom action. So in a way it has four actions on every card. And then it has two initiative orders on every card, so you really are thinking through a lot. So I will say when I play solo, it's a much more brain-burning game because I'm trying to manage two um, hands at the same time to represent my two characters. And that's yeah. another one of the, the upgrades I, I, I got was that there's a company that sells these uh, basically card stands that allow you to get the cards out of your hand, so at least I'm not trying to hold multiple things. in <laughs> And I can see it all at a glance. Um, so I think that's a, a must-have if you're going to play it solo. But uh-huh. I, I recommend it both ways, but I think Cooperative is a little bit better.
2: Yeah, and once the episode comes, we're going to talk about also, but there's a lot. I see it a lot in a lot of YouTubers and podcasters over there that they say Mage Knight versus Gloomhaven. So once the episode comes, we will talk about that. But I think, like you said, Gloomhaven is a very well-deserved of number two in our case. And near and far for Jonathan it's also a very well-deserved number two. Uh, for this list. Now, before we jump in number one and the champion of this 2018, let's go to some special mentions. Okay, so now before we jump in number one, I guess there's a lot of games that are amazing, guys. I think you will, guys will agree with me that it, it's tough when you make this short top five, top ten list of games, because there's a lot of games over there that have a lot of potential, that are super fun, that we played during the year, and we had a blast every time that we played. Uh, but I think it's worth to have one game of special mention, which also is very hard to put in there. So this game is not involved in the list. It's just a game that we really enjoy playing it and that it it has some meaning for us also. So let's start with you, Jonathan. Which one is your special mention of
0: 2018? So for me, it was hard to narrow down to one special mention. And so I kind of made a category, which um, will make sense when I explain. Um, but, But one thing I like to do that's kind of like a board game, but, you know, more active and in real life are escape rooms. So I put the category of escape room games as my uh, special mention for this year. I think oh, nice, that, nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think technically I played my first um, game last year, but I've played a lot um, more enjoyable ones, you know, starting in 2018. So the main ones that I've done are the exit and unlock games, and I actually just played my first escape um, this past week too. So um, I kind of put all those in a, in a um, big category here. Um they're all kind of different. Um, I, th- I think still my favorite system out of the um, escape room games are the unlock ones just because you know it's app driven with the cards. Um, they've done a good job to make each each one um, you know have a different theme, some different twists that I won't I won't spoil anything like that but e- each one's different enough um, even though you're you know just matching up cards and trying to solve puzzles that way. Um, you know I, I like the unlock system better than the exit, mostly for the fact that Um, I wouldn't call it replayability, but I could play one unlock game, give it to Derek to play, and he can do the same thing where if you play an exit game, um, still very challenging. I, I found that those have been a lot harder to complete in 60 minutes. Um, but they have more physical puzzles. Usually you're tearing up the book they give you, cutting up things. So you really can't reuse it or, um, you know, have anybody else do it after you're done. So that's the biggest downside of that. Um, And then I just did one of the Deckscape adventures. It's a lot more like the Unlock, where you go through a deck of cards. Um, But this one was kind of cool. Um, It was their newest one, where it was a heist in Venice, but you actually get to play a certain characters. Um, And so I thought that was kind of a a cool idea, to have characters with different abilities or different knowledge that helps you get through the scenario Um, that that made it a little different from the other systems. So um, that's my special mention, is just the Escape Room games.
2: Yeah, I think it's a very good special mention for you, since... Uh, just FYI, everybody, every time that I go to a escape room, like a real one, I need to bring Jonathan with me because otherwise I will still be stuck over there. Probably in the first one that we that we went this year here in the Indianapolis city. What about you, Mr. Kelly Wells, King of Magicians? Which are which is your special mention of this year?
1: Oh, it's so hard to narrow it down. I didn't know we were doing only one. I had a, I had a list prepared. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had like a
2: top 200 or something for a special do. mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll
1: go with uh, just to choose a randomly at a category then. I'll choose uh, my most surprising game of 2018. Okay. So at Gen Con, people were raving about this game called Welcome To, and uh, it sounded not that interesting oh, to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I'm I had never really played roll-and-write games, uh, which this falls into that category. Uh, all I had really done was played Yahtzee. Uh, so I thought, oh, okay, well, I mean, I liked that back in the day. Maybe this will be okay. Uh, and then I played it at Gen Con uh, a few times, and then uh, I really, really like it. Uh, the thing I like about it the most is that you can basically play any number of players. So literally, if everybody had a had a paper, you could play with you know uh, an arena full of people. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've got a lot of How fun would that be, right? What's that? How fun would that be? <laughs> yeah, it would be, <laughs> it would be a little difficult, I think, to manage, but the rules allow it. And the reason the rules, rules allow it uh, goes with the theme of our podcast, and that is, you know, basically everybody's playing a solo game on their own and just seeing uh, comparatively how well you can do compared to the other players. Uh, there's no real player interaction, so that's how the game manages to, to have that quality. Um, But I really do like it. I was very surprised at how much I liked it. Uh, My wife likes it. We played it with the family a bunch. Even my mom, who uh, is not much of a board gamer, played it and liked it as well. Um, So, yeah, I really, uh, really enjoyed this game. Welcome to. Welcome to. There you go. That was your special mention.
2: For me, the special mention, it's a game that I really enjoy as a solo. A cooperative, it's okay, but it can take too much, too long. But as a solo board game, it's very immersive. Very immersive, I'm sorry. Very realistic. If you read a little bit about the story of the, of some of the, unfortunately, some of the wars that has happened around the world, especially uh, in Europe, but is this war of mine uh, published by Galaxy Games? For me, that is my special mention of 2018. It's a game that is very immersive. Is the game that every decision that you make uh, in every step of the game, it can has like very serious consequences on the next rounds. And literally what you're trying to survive the wars. It's a very sad theme, a very immersive theme. And it's not for everybody. I get it. But for me, it's uh, that immersiveness that it has, it makes it great. I mean, you need to be trying to think, like, what would you you do if you were in a house, in an abandoned house with another survivors? And what would you do in order to survive through the war? Like, if you go outside and everybody is shooting to each other and there's, uh, you know, snipers on the roofs and... You don't have food, you don't have shelter, and you try to go outside to go for resources, to search for resources. But also, if you go, probably you won't be able to come back because you have the risk that somebody could kill you or somebody could kill one of your friends. So it's, a, like I said, very strong and immersive theme, but I really enjoy the experience of playing it solo. And cooperative, the downside is that because it's so immersed, um, it can take a long, long time to play just one round. I like the mechanic of the journal that, Literally, when you open the game, you don't need to read any rules. You just open the game and you start to play and pass the journal to all the players. But also, that makes the game very longer. You have the app that it can assist you, you know, uh, with the narrative and all that stuff. But also, it won't take any any time from the from the game. You know, it will still be a long game. And when you play it solo, well, you, you can shrink that, that amount of time also... If you play it, it's based on a video game that you can play it on your iOS or you can play it on your PlayStation or Xbox. And it's very similar mechanics. But I do feel like the board game, it's a little bit, slightly a little bit better and more fun to play. Because, you know, you're moving the miniatures, you're drawing drawing the cards and you're trying to make the choices. Are you, are your own uh, time? where you are thinking? What to do? And in the video games, well, you always have that time, that clock. Uh, running through the, the game. So my special mention for this uh, this 2018 list, it will be this war of mine So now let's jump into the champion the 2018 game of award uh, Sorry 2018 solo BG podcast game award. Let's see who is the champion of this year five four three two one now is the turn for number one for the top of the list game that we play this year that we discovered this year that we have more fun this year and for me it's a very amazing game that it reminds me a lot of the Super Nintendo times when I was growing up and playing Street Fighter games and all that stuff and also the story uh, you know that led me to this game it was very interesting because I remember saying on Kickstarter I didn't back it up and then this last Gen Con while I was, you know, walking around with you guys and playing and demoing some games, I saw this game, I played it, I met the designers, I bought it, and I don't regret at all. And I don't think either, Caleb, you regret all of getting it. And the number one of this year, of the top list, is Street Masters, published by Blacklist Games and designed by the Sadler Brothers. It's a great game, you can play it as an arcade, you can play it as a campaign, you can play in solo and cooperative. It uh, it had just a a very successful Kickstarter campaign for the expansion called Aftershock. It has a lot of replayability. It has tons of minis, tons, tons of minis. I have the base game with some expansions. I I haven't even finished painting all the miniatures, a lot of cards, a lot of enemies, a lot of punches, a lot of kicks. You have a lot in this game. And I think Jonathan and Caleb, we are on the same page, right, with the number one Street Masters
1: yeah we all have the same number one and we didn't yeah. uh, make these lists together we all made them separately and then when we talked before the the phone call uh we all discovered that we all had street masters as the top game of the year so i think uh that's a heavy stamp of approval from the solo bg podcast yeah i know it's weird but but it happened it happened we all agree and and you know it's an amazing game it's
2: very immersive i mean i don't think there's anything there anything wrong that i can say about the game and actually we dedicate two episodes through the year we had the episode Kelly where you and I talk about the gameplay and all that stuff and then we have another episode where we had the interview with the designers and in both episodes I think they're in the top of the most listening through the podcast statistics you know so um, I think there's a lot of people over there outside that they really enjoy this game too
1: yeah I think for solo gamers this game is uh, really 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 a heavy hitter uh, uh-huh. it ranks right up there with my favorite games of all time for solo games in fact you know, right now, if I had to play a solo game this evening, uh, I, well, I'd probably want to play one of my new games from Christmas. But yeah. in general, <laughs> in general uh, this has been the game throughout the year since we got it at Gen Con that uh, I thought, yep, I got to have. It. I mean, you, you have bought the game and we play in the same game group every week. So it's not like I couldn't play the group copy, uh, but I bought a copy of it on my own again with all the expansions that were available at the time uh, and the upgrades. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic game.
2: And one very good thing that the game has is the setup. It's very easy. It's like we were talking about Doomhaven, right? Doomhaven is a great game, but the setup could be, you know, sometimes kind of hard. But the uh, uh, setup for a Street Master is pretty easy, actually. You can just take the deck of cards of the enemy that you're going to fight to, or the campaign that you're following. You bring your hero, you put the, the board, which is very nice, designed, reachable to everybody or even for a solo player, and you're good to go. What do you think about the game, Jonathan? You actually enjoy it when we're playing.
0: I do. Um and for me, it's been kind of interesting because all the reviews I've heard, or even when we talked about it, I know it's been compared to Sentinels of the Multiverse, which I really haven't played, so I don't really have the background to compare the two games, but for me, um, you know, I think it is one of the games where I would enjoy it, um, even if I played it solo, especially for me not being as much of a solo gamer. Um, I just kind of, you know, I like the feel and the nostalgia of those old video games, Um and even just the way it plays, there's a lot of cool combos that each character can have, which, um, you know, with my play style, I like to find combos in card games. So um, having yeah. characters where I can, you know, figure out the the cool ways that, um, you know, you can interact with their deck and, um, you know, the things that you can do with each character I really like and I've enjoyed every time we've played, I've tried to play a new character um, and every character is so different with the way um, even the deck feels and, the mechanics that each character has so i think you know it's a great game for that too in terms of replayability um yeah. and, this, and the saddler brothers did a great job of developing those characters and you know making each one their own unique character which i think is really cool
2: yeah yeah i do agree so every year besides the top five we will we will give the award the 2018 solo bg podcast award uh I'm sorry, not the 2018 every time, but, you know, the year thats that we're playing it, uh, the award of the Game of the Year to uh, some game. So in this case, since all agree with the number one, the 2018 Solo Bigit Podcast Game of the Year Award go to Street Masters, published by Blacklist Game, designed by the Sadler Brothers. Definitely a must-have for solo board gamers, and in general, I guess general gamers over there. It's a must-have. You won't regret it. It's a great game. Very nice, tons of stuff, tons of replayability, and I think there's and there's no anything else that I can add to this game. It's just fantastic, guys. I wish you both of you and all the listeners a very very happy new year, uh, new year full of games, new year full of fun, and I'm looking forward to discover more games next year and play more games. The games that you have that we haven't play, the games that I have that we haven't play, and just keep adding those game library collection, you know, to keep playing and playing all the time. Do you want to say something before we wrap up the show and before we wrap up the year, Mr. Uh, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, um, just Happy New Year to everybody. Um, hopefully you get to use the holiday time to try out some games. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing some new ones, so hopefully you know, everybody at least got one new, ga- uh, new game for Christmas that you're looking forward to. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to see what we'll find in 2019, and um, you know, hopefully we can bring some great episodes in the following year.
2: All righty. What about you, Mr. King of Magicians, Caleb Wiles?
1: Yeah, thanks to everybody for listening, Derek. Uh, thanks for having the idea to start this podcast. It's been a fun oh, journey. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing it next year. Yeah, that's the idea,
2: to keep solo BG podcast. And I'm looking forward for 2018 to play more and not to have another back surgery because it's a whole <laughs> a whole adventure. But, uh, like I said in the beginning, if Batman could, it was able to handle it, I think I will. I think, you know, we can do it the same way. So guys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure this first year of the podcast. To all of you amazing listeners over there, remember, for victory, go tell your friends. Thank you so much for being here. And like we always say, till the next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.